I was going to talk about how I take pictures on Instagram and how mm. you are viewing public can actually improve your pictures when you take them on Instagram. I noticed, you know, you, you, your food photos have always looked delicious, but I noticed that since you announced you wanted to do this episode, you've definitely taken it up a little notch. Really? Since yesterday? <laughs> yeah, since yesterday. Like, your most recent shots, you, you, now that you've held yourself out as a foodographer... I do have a background in the visual arts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as do you, Mike Keller. So, I mean, we are aesthetic people. We, we have a little bit more knowledge than, per se, your average bear. In another life, I used to be an art director where I would work with people to take real food photographs. We did color catalogs. We did food photography. I know what it takes to do that professional level stuff. And I'm not talking about the professional level stuff. I'm talking about mid-level stuff. <laughs> making your iPhone pictures or your Android pictures better. I have ultimate respect for stylists, large format photographers. I think that when you're taking an Instagram picture, you don't want it to look like a professional picture. You want it to look like something authentic that relatable. Yeah. Relatable. Now that you're part of a community, it's not like you're broadcasting something to sell. I mean, maybe some people are selling things and that's awesome too, but, but for the most part, we're showing our lifestyle and we're showing, Mm -hmm. um, our, our angle or the way, the way we view the world through food. And, and you want it to be something that people can imagine, like I could do that. I could make that. It's not too intimidating. And when you're doing a professional shoot, there's all sorts of messed up things that you do to the food. (laughs) Like spraying it with lacquer. Stuff that's inedible yeah. that you pour right. uh, Use tempera paint. You spritz it with paint. All the food is there for like hours on the mm-hmm. hot lights too. They, they use all sorts of like hairspray. And I remember once we did this beef Wellington and it was actually real beef. This beef Wellington, we did so many horrible things to it, like using mercurochrome, this horrible chemical on it, painted it with lacquer, and and we just left it out for the day. And then the next day I went into this restaurant, the one that we shot was in the window and they they had a sign that said beef Wellington, $14.95 a pound. I'm like, dude, take that away. Literally found it in our photograph suite and they put it in the store. It was like, it was they the most frightening thing. Raise the price for that beef because it was enhanced. So anyway, sometimes it's good for us to use those trappings to take our Instagram photo. The first thing is to have a nice place to shoot your food. It could be your dining room table. You can get maybe a, a some kind of backdrop or a countertop or something that is neutral, that is not too busy uncluttered neutral palette the most important thing about taking a picture is lighting Mm -hmm. and i recommend trying to find a place that has natural light and the natural light is something that you know some a lot of people don't have or they don't have like maybe a windowsill where they can pose their food then maybe you're going to have to use the lights that you have when i'm taking my pictures I don't use a lot of natural light based on the fact that I live in a gloomy, you know, sad place. So uh, <laughs> I, I usually use the dining room light as my fill light. That's pretty much light that lights everything up. And then I have this handheld LED 
And that light I use to accent, and sometimes I'll, I'll light from behind, sometimes I light from front, and I just kind of move the light around and take a bunch of different pictures, and then I pick the best one to post on Instagram. If you want more drama, have it lit from the back. Like if you have like a windowsill and you place the food in front of the windowsill and you'd photograph forward towards the light. If you want it kind of off to the side, you get a little more drama. It's all about where you want to tell that story. As someone who really appreciates Asian food and Asian cuisine, most of my postings are vegan spam musubi, dumplings, ramen, udon, stir fry, Korean food, soon tofu, because that's the food I eat and enjoy. And also I feel like I'm exposing the audience to a vegan angle to Asian cuisine. When you're cooking the food, you know, I know a lot of some people like actually shoot and actually have the food cooking. I find it almost impossible to cook and shoot at the same time. But if you're if you have a friend <laughs> to cook for you, you probably need a tripod or some kind of, yeah. of camera stand. You can bring the camera overhead so that your hands are free and just hit record. And, you know, maybe you can edit that stuff later. I mean, I think it's probably the best way, but most of the time when I'm cooking stuff and I'm doing an Instagram story, it's very sloppy. <laughs> a lot of stores, even like Walmart now have these little beginner influencer kits where it's like one tripod that comes, you put your phone on it and it also has a ring light, which mm. is, you know, a really nice flattering soft light. So you could use that both for your own video of yourself talking or whatnot. And also, um, for your food photography. Yeah. Ring lights are great for the people's faces. Soften. There's two types of light. There's what they call daylight, which is the light from the sun which is more of a white light. And then there's tungsten. And the tungsten is more of an orange color. Tungsten comes from a light bulb, a tungsten light bulb. And a lot of these LED lights are the, what they call bicolor. They both do daylight, which is the white color, and then the tungsten. Most of those ring lights are daylight. Mm -hmm. And you can mix them with real natural light as well. Usually when I'm cooking something, some of the food looks better since I'm mixing tungsten with, sometimes I'll mix tungsten with daylight. So I'll use the daylight light, the white light on my LED light, or I'll just go all tungsten. But it really depends on the colors of the food that I'm making. And, and it's all just kind of an experiment sometimes where you say, well, let me try this light or let me see where, you know, if I move the food around a little bit in a different way, you know, how can I present it in a certain way? There's all these Instagram filters. I think it's best to try to avoid the filters. Let the food speak for itself. Because the filters are a little heavy handed. Mm -hmm. And I say that as a complete hypocrite, because a lot of times I do hit the filter. <laughs> Especially when I'm in, in, you know, I just doing a fast, quick shot and I look at the filter. I'm like, yeah, the filter looks better. I like the way this is pops. You know, I'm just going to go with the filter. But for the most part, it's best to either take a picture without the filter and then maybe enhance it with a different program. You could use Instagram without an one of their preset filters and just adjust things like contrast, shadow, tech, you know, uh, structure. You, you can use the sliders and very um, precisely mm -hmm. adjust it without one of their canned preset filters. 
And you can hashtag no filter like a real cool person. If people know there's no filter, the food looks more appealing because you know that you didn't have to doctor it to make it look good. That's right. You shouldn't doctor anything unless you're a doctor. Like the way you doctored that beef Wellington. You Frankensteined it. I hope we didn't kill anyone. I mean, it's, it was many years ago. They're, they're long dead. <laughs> I hope the statute of limitations has expired since, uh, you know, because if, if the FBI hears this, you're, it's got to be like, a, I mean, got to be 15 years ago, right? Food crimes, uh, food crimes have an extended. <laughs> okay, I don't know. So you're going to talk about composition, focus, framing. There are some camera phones that actually do that kind of select focus. You can actually pick which is focus and which is out of focus. Like you can do that kind of portrait thing. So more of the modern mm -hmm. cameras do that. I mean, this is a, a tool that we use in real still photography with 35 millimeter lenses and 35 millimeter format sensors. When it comes to composing the food, you want to tell a story with your photos. And sometimes even if you make like a huge plate of food, sometimes just one little bite or one little picture. Like I, I, I cooked a whole bunch of dumplings and I took a picture, like a gang of these dumplings and I'm like, that's ah, not working. It's not working. And then and I just saw one dumpling, one perfect dumpling. I just put it in the sauce. It was the hero dumpling. Or you get a dumpling and, and you put it on your chopsticks and hang it up and you hold it in the air and you take a picture of it. It, it, just, it just tells a much more important story than an ornate, you know, huge body of food. You, you also don't want it to be too cluttered. You, sometimes you, you want a little plate space. Also, don't be afraid to have stuff go off camera. You don't need to show everything. Maybe you just need to show the important stuff. And there are also different photo rules when it comes to taking pictures. There's the rule of thirds, where you would cut the screen into thirds and you would want the image to sort of intersect with lines from the thirds. You know, you can go online and look you know, go in the weeds and talk. There's so many different theories. There's the, the S curve theory and all different composition theories. But I think the most important thing is to start by keeping it simple, trying to th look at that piece of food or that, that thing that you're going to eat. Like, what do I like the most about this particular food? How can I present it in a certain way? The other thing is to bring in props like chopsticks, you know, special bowls. Most of the time the plate should be neutral, white, something that's not too busy, maybe earthenware. Depends on what you have. If you're, you know, some really authentic, you know, Central American dish, maybe be cool to have earthen containers. Maybe it's good to go to like, you know, Goodwill or go to, go to garage sales and get some odd plates and interesting cups and things like that to, you know, help tell your story as well. The other thing about food, like, especially when you make a sandwich, like if you just take a picture of that sandwich, yeah, it's cool. You need the cross section to see the layers. Sometimes I'll take a cross section. I'll get a really tight close up mm -hmm. of that cross section and people just love it. That visceral thing of seeing a cross section, just, Ooh, I can bite into that part or bite. How am I going to bite into this thing? Yeah. The other thing that I do when it comes to composing a dish, it has to do even with preparing the food is color. 
and using red bell peppers, tomatoes, vibrant colors, fresh vegetables, not cooking, not hammering them and cooking them too much too. I mean, I, I prefer, you know, my vegetables have a little bit of a snap anyway, but the idea of color, bringing color into your food, it's good. It's, it's healthy to bring color into my chakra tells me to do that. <laughs> but you know, there's also the, sometimes it's good to have a limited color palette or, you know, look at a color wheel and see which colors complement each other. I mean, if you want to get, you know, I don't know with a lot of the Asian food that I make, a lot of times I'll cook something and everything just turns brown. <laughs> Especially if you're using like the hoisin or the, uh, the the vegan oyster sauce that we talked about. So what goes with brown? Like green, you know, right? On the if you that's like sort of complementary. So if you wanted to garnish it green. But the one thing that I do, and I see a lot of people doing that. I mean, it, it's sort of a cheat, but it also makes your food taste better. You can go to Trader Joe's and get some of their seasoning salts, like uh, everything but the bagel. Go to an Asian market and get some black roasted seaweed sunflower seeds or or turmeric or cinnamon cracked red pepper all sorts of little sprinkles of things little accents there's this japanese ichimi togarashi and it's this very finely pounded red pepper and, and so it's a great way to bring texture and contrast to your food and also it tastes good so hey you know it's fun to to experiment with those things Texture and contrast are both good things. So it's been definitely enjoyable sharing uh, my food and seeing other people's food too, because what we do is we're, we're always being inspired. We're always looking and seeing people make amazing things and it's inspiring us to go to the store and buy stuff. And, and I feel like it's less of an offshoot of the podcast and more of just another thing that makes you know, being vegan special, you know, being able to share uh, what you eat and being able to share your knowledge and and also do something that's that's uh, creative and fun. Did you see even I, non-cooking Soylent Boy, cooked something recently? Yeah, you cooked the, um, the, the romantic um, lasagna. Uh, lasagna for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, Valentine's Day. Um, I made... Uh, you made it for yourself for Valentine's Day? That's no, awesome. No, I made, it, I made it for Jacqueline. But um, no, I, this is the first... Like, I think it turned out pretty well. You know, it had uh, layers. It, had, it did a cross-section shot, too. I know. It kind of looked like the lair to the Silence of the Lambs. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just, it, it just kind of had that vibe. <laughs> Get out of here. No, no. You know what it is? You need a little more light. No, it was romantically lit. Don't criticize my lasagna. You know, no, you had all those, like, uh, those blades and, you know, all those uh, torture devices in the background. <laughs> Stop. I'm getting slandered. <laughs> no, it was very nice. Did you save it as a highlight? So you can show it to people in your real life? I actually have, um, uh, in my own personal Instagram, I have a vegan nums section. Okay. So that's actually, take, down, I, you, you actually saved the, the, the story. Because I think it was yes. an Instagram story. It wasn't, it wasn't a post. It was a story, yeah. I've been saving the, the stories as well. I've been, like, put, like, the ones that I like. I mean, sometimes they're sloppy. I'm like, forget it. I'm mm -hmm. not doing this. Like, like, I think I have a couple on... Um, how to fry tofu, and I kind of mm -hmm. went through the steps of frying tofu, but very non-instructional. Just you just see it and watch it. And then uh, I have a couple other ones. When I'm when I feel like I definitely have an interesting story, I'll go ahead and post something and keep it as a highlight because I'm like, okay, this is something that has value. 
but sometimes it's just fun, you know, just fun to put up something nonsensical. Like, like I was, doing, we were doing this, um, we were cooking, um, rolls and each step with like, you know, you proof the bread you do this, you do it. For some reason I was using all rage against the machine songs, <laughs> which is just silly. You know, I don't rage, rage against the dough, rage against the dough, man. The machine being the oven. <laughs> So yeah, so so get out there, improve your photos. If you're not a part of our Instagram community, we're Vegan Hacks Pod on Instagram, and uh, there's all the great food. And I pretty much will friend anyone that that friends me. So I, I was just saying, like th- these food photos are not just like sort of to show off. It's just also to show non-vegans how yummy vegan food can be. It's like a form of like gentle activism. We're preaching to the choir per se. But I do know a lot of non-vegans who see these things and also who taste these things. And they're like, what? Huh? And you, you know, the gears are gradually turning in their heads. Well, I always make sure that everything that I post, I hashtag vegan and plant-based. Mm-hmm. Hoping that someone who's interested or, you know, just wants to think and see something that's vegan, they'll hit the vegan hashtag and look and see some of my pictures. So I, I think that's important. I mean, may, maybe it's kind of redundant when you're in a vegan community, but I feel like that's a way to connect with the outside world is to hashtag vegan, plant-based, mm-hmm. vegetarian even. I mean, just ways mm-hmm. to get people to look and start the conversation. This is all making me quite hungry. Well, that's good. You got to eat it. 